Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, an estimate rocket. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. In this series titled The Tools to 10 Million, Michael Sutton of Kind Home Painting Company will be discussing professional tools to enable growth to $10 million. It is a five-part series. In this episode, episode one, Michael will be discussing the professionals who supported his growth and how you can find your own support network. In episode two, Michael will cover the books that have empowered his growth to date. In episode three, Michael will deep dive into the key employees he could not do without. In episode four, Michael will lay out the numbers that make his business thrive. And in episode five, the final episode, Michael will break down the real challenges of entrepreneurship and how to overcome those. If you want to ask Michael questions related to anything in this podcast series, you can do so in our exclusive Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast Forum on Facebook. Just search for Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast Forum on Facebook and request to join the group. Or type in the URL, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. Again, that URL is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. There you can ask Mike questions directly by tagging him with your question so you can see how anything discussed here applies to your particular painting company. Thank you for joining us, Mike. Absolutely, Brandon. It's great to catch up with you again. Absolutely, brother. You and I just had a very long uh, catch-up session prior to this recording. Um, So I am super, super excited for this series with you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you are, you're a bit of an anomaly, as I was telling you. You're a bit of an anomaly. You, uh, You haven't gone to the PCA Expo, even though I know you're going to. Um, we talked about it. I'm on the marketing committee. I actually have to have to get you there, have multiple jobs here, but you, uh, your podcast episode. So you conducted two with us last year. Your, your first one was the number one, most listened to podcast episode of, of the whole series of the whole pain and marketing mastermind podcast on the PCA last year. So congratulations to you on that. Pretty remarkable. Well, thank you. Uh, the dark horse to me. Yeah, well, your, your journey is an incredible one, man. I mean, you're you're obviously a, you run a very big painting company. So, as we're getting started out here, we're gonna have probably a lot of people listening who maybe didn't listen to that episode. Tell us a little bit about Kind Home Painting Company. You know what you do, where you're based, how long you've been around, general revenue, all that stuff. Sure. So we are a residential house painting company. Uh, we're located in Denver, Colorado. We service the majority of the metro. Um, of Denver, Colorado, so roughly about a forty-five minute drive any direction from downtown Denver. Uh, we are in our, we are beginning our sixth year of business. And uh, last year we completed just over $8 million in our, our fifth year. And um, we're aiming for company goals, uh, 10.5. And we're secretly probably aiming for 14. I so, love for this year. Yeah, for this year. There it is. There it is. It's not secret anymore, Mike. I want to let you know that it's no longer secret uh, to my team, you know. Yeah, don't, don't let them know you're doing a podcast series. <laughs> uh, um, that's great, man. Man, that would be that would be epic. That growth eight over over eight to 14, that would be incredible. Um, okay, and you guys are purely residential or you do commercial as well? 100% residential. Okay. So, that was three years ago that we made a decision that uh, 
commercial work wasn't what we were designed for. Uh, our unique selling propositions are all built around customer service and value for a homeowner. Uh, our management systems, our crews were built for homeowners and we identified our niche and we leaned into it. So tried to stay away from those shiny items that, uh, yep. if you're not built from day one, can really distract you and, and take away from your groves. Yeah. Yeah. Shiny, shiny object syndrome, right? The entrepreneur doesn't want to let any stone go unturned or any opportunity left uh, unpounced on, but it can hurt you in the long run. It's uh, we found it to be, be difficult. Um, we didn't do a lot of commercial work. Uh, our second year, I ended up uh, somehow through a connection within the company, putting a bid on a historic hotel, something like a three, $400,000 uh, bid. Nice little residential project. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and my goodness, uh, this general contractor drug his foot. Um, we're going to start. We're not going to start. We're going to start. We're not going to start. A year and a half goes by. College and he goes, all right, we're good to go next week. Like, that bid's almost two years old. We can't move forward. He goes, what do you mean? Here's the contract. It's like, oh, and by the way, I want you to break it up into these tiny little phases and, and do it this piecemeal. And it was pretty clearly like, this is not the direction that we wanted to go. Yeah. And we denied it. And basically from that moment on said, we need to focus on what we do, which is paint houses and love our clients and uh, didn't fit in the commercial world. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, man, for, for making that decision pretty quickly. You know, you, you learned, you didn't have to get taught the same lesson a hundred times in a row. You got it taught it once you, you took, uh, took the lesson and you moved. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So in this episode, we are really focused on the peer group, the professional network that, that has enabled you to grow. I, I do want to touch base before we dive in. You know, we know that uh, you just wrapped up your fifth year, starting your sixth year. You yeah. are at already over 8 million. Obviously, um, that growth trajectory is, of course, uh, exceptional, right? The very few painting companies are, are anywhere near the ever in their lifespan. You've done it in half of a decade. What was your first one in two years? Let's talk about that because I know we're going to circle back to the very beginning here in this episode. What what was your trajectory like then? Um, two, four, uh, wow, I can't even remember. Uh, it's amazing how <laughs> five years for an entrepreneur is like 50 years, I think, for, for a normal uh job. But you know, they say aging like a president, and uh, I can say aging like an entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. I'll meet you on that one. Yeah, it, it basically was like two, four, five, six, eight. Okay. Okay, so two within the first year. You're just two, yep. two year one, four year two. Yeah, that's so that's obviously very fast. So I know you and I were were talking about how you basically wanted to join these networks and the, this peer group and this coaching. Really, before you had even started, talk to talk talk to me about that process. Yeah, so kind of the, my story and how this thing began. I went to a gentleman who uh, he was an entrepreneur. He uh, ran an insurance broker, uh, sells commercial insurance. And I went to him and said, hey, I, I think I'm going to start my business. Uh, I've been working for a painting company. I think I've got my arms around the systems and processes. I want to move forward. He asked me a couple questions. And uh, about a month or two later, I called him and said, uh, hey, Anson, I would really like for you to get me a quote on my insurance. Uh, I'm starting to put together a budget and a business plan. And uh, he asked me a couple questions like, are you going to be an LLC or an escort? I said, you know, I, I'd like to pick your brain on it. He said, well, are you going to offer benefits? Yeah, I would like to, but, you know, I don't really know how much they're going to cost. All right, who's your bookkeeper? Well, bookkeeper? I don't have a bookkeeper. What, goes, what is right. that? <laughs> um, time out. I can't give you a quote today on your insurance. That's not going to happen. Here's a list of six people that I want you to call. Uh Put together a one-page business plan and call these six people. After you talk to them, call me back. It was a bookkeeper, an attorney, uh, a benefits guy, a 401k guy, a banker. And uh, I, 
And lastly, and most importantly, a business coach. And I did exactly what he said. And I called each one of those people. I put together a one-page business plan. Uh, I sat down with each of them. And uh, when I sat down with the business coach, his name was Bob Dodge. And he said, you're not ready to work with me. You don't even have a business yet. Um, I work with entrepreneurs, not dreamers. And uh, I said, yeah, but here's what I'm doing. And he goes, okay, well, put together a list of all the things you do one time. Put together all the things you're going to do over and over. And send me that list. And then let's talk. Put together the list. I called him and he goes, look, man, I really think you need another year before you we, we connect. I emailed him in uh, December of that year. And I said, well, I just wrapped up. We did $2.5 million and my head is spinning. I'd love to connect and, and have lunch. And uh, he was a business coach and a facilitator for a group called the Alternative Board, TAB. Um, and TAB is a peer group where you are given a board of other CEOs or entrepreneurs that you meet with on a monthly basis. And you bring an issue to the table and each entrepreneur, each business owner brings a topic uh, to a board meeting and you work to resolve it. Um, on top of the monthly four-hour board meeting, you do a one-hour coaching session. And I had the honor of working with Bob Dodge and a board for the last four years. Uh, he is retiring now. That single-handedly was probably the largest piece of accountability I've had from starting the business and uh, drove us forward with what we were doing. That accountability, that having to show up once a month with a report card on what we've done, what we're doing, where we're going, how are our finances, um, was absolutely incredible. Have you ever been a part of a peer group? Uh, I have. So we, we're in a, um, a variety of marketing groups, and then we have subgroups in those, some that, that I've carved out, um, and then some a little bit more formal stuff. I don't think I've, I don't think I'd have ever actually heard of tab before. Yeah. So when you, um, Oh, go ahead. No, when you, when you were basically saying this accountability, is that, is that essentially, okay, because you knew over the next month that these were your tasks, that these were the things that you told the group that you're going to do, that you're going to come back on, that you're going to, that basically kept you focused. Whereas maybe you would have kind of gone down some rabbit holes and not really been, been as productive in driving the business forward. Had you not had that group? Uh, a million percent. Uh, is that a group? Is that a group that that you would recommend other people join? Is that is that group in other locations? What what exactly is is TAP? Uh, it is on a national level. I believe it's in most states. Um, and and yes, uh, there is a system around managing a business that those coaches and facilitators put you through, where it's putting together your personal and professional vision. Mm readdressing that on an annual basis. That's something that I think many entrepreneurs don't do. And it's from day one, putting the end in mind, why are we doing this? Um, I met with them yesterday and we went through our 10 questions over our unique selling propositions. What makes us different? How do we compare with our competitors? What are we doing that they aren't? What need are we fulfilling within the market that other companies aren't? Um, and consistently every month you're working on something different with your facilitator, with your coach. And then you're sitting down in a group of peers that are all business owners, just like yourself. But the beautiful thing is that they're not painters. I've met with security, uh, software security, uh, accountants, bookkeepers, attorneys, engineers, general contractors, electricians, insurance brokers, uh, wealth management people, people from outside of your industry who have perspectives that you can't get when you're swimming in the same pond as all the people that you're currently working with. Is it like BNI where, where there's only one person per industry? In a sense, yes. Uh, but it's not focused on referrals as much as it is about just no referrals. No referrals. No referrals. It's not about uh, 
It's not about gaining business. It's not about getting a client. It's not about getting a referral here or there. It's about working on your business. And why is it so helpful that they're from all these different industries? Different perspective. Somebody in a risk management speaks to an issue that I have with HR or a subcontractor a little bit differently than another painter might. I'm just, I'm getting anxiety just thinking about like sitting down with a risk management person. I'm, <laughs> I'm being like, hey, here's all the problems you have. You're like, all right, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. Um, to sit down with somebody like you who, who runs a marketing yeah. company, you know, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, what I found over the last four years working with uh, very close with these business owners is the problems that I experience are the same problems they experience. Business is business, right? Identical. We have personnel issues. We have staffing issues. We have client complaints. We have systems processes that break down. Yep. We have accountability issues. Hiring and firing, marketing decisions. Are we going to sign this $80,000 contract to work with this company? What do you guys think? What should I ask this company before I hire them to do our marketing? Yep. I might ask them these questions. And every major decision I've had to make over the last five years, I ran by my board. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, You and I were, were commiserating on that a bit before we started the podcast. You know, business is tough. And I, I think the the fifth episode, which we were debating whether or not to do, for anyone listening to this episode, you know, we, we kind of, it sounds, it sounds kind of, kind of slick and, and neat. And, you know, final episode, we'll talk about the real challenges of entrepreneurship and how to overcome those. That episode is going to kick you right in the teeth, but it's going to do it in a good way because it's going to talk about how entrepreneurship is tough. It's dirty. It's a grind. It's hard. It's discouraging. And, and Michael's going to share some of the stuff he's gone through. It's real easy, you know, to look and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so envious of him. You know, how did he do that? He has a company that does over 8 million. I couldn't even imagine that. I'd be made. I'd go buy an island somewhere. But everyone has challenges. And that's one of the things that, that's really important um, that I want to make sure our listeners are, are always receiving. It's not, I, we don't bring on people and just to show how good they are and how good their life is. It's every every step of your business, you're going to have challenges. So this series is going to be an amazing one. And Michael's going to be, uh, allow himself to be vulnerable and just kind of let, let you know how you can get help. And, and a it sounds like, Michael, a big part of your success has been you're looking for help from day one. From day one. Um, there's some saying, something along the lines of, uh, tomorrow you're going to be the same person as you were today, minus the food you ate, the books you read, and the people you talk to. Oh, I like that. Um, I tried to talk to people who have a different perspective. Um, I'm 38 right now. Uh, I joined that board when I was 34 years old, and I've been the youngest person at the table, uh, at every table I've sat with. There is something that happens with age and wisdom, and there's something of peace that comes when you sit down with somebody who's 25 years old or been running their business for 25 years, and they're having the same problem that I'm having. Yeah. You're like, wow, I'm not alone. Uh, you can feel I'm like a like a screw up. Like, oh, like you don't know what you're doing. You have all these problems until you realize like, hey, guess what? A lot of people are struggling with these things. Yeah. You know, and the most powerful thing about the board meeting is sitting down with somebody and they bring the issue that they're working on and their 100% of their focus is on solving within their business. And that's something that applies so perfectly to what you're experiencing today. Yeah. It happens every single month where someone brings an issue or a topic to the board that other people are giving suggestions on that apply to me. Usually my biggest takeaway is not about my challenge. It's about someone else's. Yeah. Man, so, that's awesome. I would highly encourage uh, entrepreneurs of any size, whether they're a solopreneur, whether they have two employees, five employees, 15 employees, to find a network of peers that you can be transparent and honest and vulnerable with and to surround yourself by wisdom. Yeah. So that's uh, from day one, something that was uh, very beneficial to us. Yeah. I love it, man. So you're, you were uh, accountability. You were getting perspectives from all these other industries. You were the youngest at the table. Don't have to be the youngest, but what it shows is you're willing to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And you want yeah. to learn from people who have been there before you, who have more experience than you have. 
Um, yep. And anyone can do that. Anyone can do it. doesn't matter how old you are. You can still find people who have more experience than you and be humble enough to learn from them. Right. Key. So that, yeah. that is your, your group tab. Um, I know you had sent me over some thoughts about this episode beforehand and, and uh, you had a, P, a PEO, you said, right. Personnel staffing issues. That's the most fun part of business. Yeah. So this was actually many of the things that we'll talk about throughout this series originated with my board um, and having a board of advisors was so critical. One of the things they advised me in our second year of business was, Hey, I think you might want to talk to these guys who do payroll. Uh, you might really like them. <laughs> so I said, uh, I've got a payroll company that I'm working with. Why would I go talk to them? I might, before, before we dive in, are you, are you subcontractor or W2 for your painters? Both. You do both. Okay. And then you have you have in, in, in-house in office staff that's W2 as well. Yes. Okay. So right now we have 32 full-time employees uh, that are W2, health insurance benefits, 401k, wellness, several painters that are on salary. Um, and then we do subcontract out a decent portion of our labor. And you didn't want to just kind of wing paying you know, like 38 people or so. You want to do that in a more official way, I guess. It's yes. Probably, it's probably a good idea. Okay. Um, and we started with the payroll company from day one, uh, as far as having those uh, advisors there. So our PEO company does our payroll and they do our HR and they do all of our legal compliance. Now, when they first, the person on my board first suggested that I uh, speak with this PEO, um, they said, there's something special about them that you might like, given that you're in the construction industry. I go, yeah, what's that? They go, they're self-insured and they run workers' comp. I said, I'm not sure what that means. Can you speak idiot to me? Um, what does self-insured mean? Uh, and he goes, well, when you pay your employees, you're also going to pay for your workers' comp. And it goes through them. So you're not working with Pinnacle or a third-party insurance company to do your, your workers' compensation. It's directly through your PEO. They're going to save you a ton of money on your workers' comp. And they're phenomenal people to work with. Let me introduce you to Knight Hidman. He's phenomenal. You guys will get along. Uh, here's his phone number. Next thing you know, we're on the golf course. And uh, I've been a client of theirs for three and a half years. Um, and they have kept me out of countless challenges. Um, again, it's having somebody smarter than you in the room to look at you and say, what are you doing? Or to know that you have someone to call when some crazy unforeseen circumstance shows up that you could never imagine in a million years. And, you know, won't go too far. Uh, but when you have an employee send an off-the-wall text message to a client with emojis in it that probably should never be sent, Oof. what do you do? You need compliance and you need uh, training. When you have internal conflict between two people and you need someone to mediate it because person A says that person B did something and now they're not happy or uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not the person to solve that. Call the HR company. Yeah. Um, and it's making sure that we're safe. What's the name of the PEO that you guys use? Uh, BBSI. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of the things that we've looked at as we potentially chart our path of scaling. What does it look like if we were to go to another state or to another market? And right now I employ several people across state lines. And that can be a real nightmare for taxes, compliance, state by state. And I have employees in four different states right now that all work for me. Uh, and I know that we're all in state compliance and I'm registered with every state and BBSI did it all. Is BBSI, are they nationwide, you know? Close to all 50 states. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that compliance thing's pretty important. Is that uh I can I could sink your business, right? Some something that starts with some emojis. Can pretty this one 
you know, the most recent one was from this year. And, and I'm in Colorado. Uh, and Colorado is an absolutely wonderful state for many, many reasons. Super business friendly. Super pro business. <laughs> uh, I'm in Florida. I'll, I'll stay here. You stay there. <laughs> Uh, as of January this year, uh, employees are the most protected in Colorado out of any state. Wow. More than, more than California. That was the article I read in January. Man, makes Unquote. it very easy on you. Yeah. Um, and we sent over our employee handbook. And uh, this was something that we did in our first, you know, 90 days working with them was to find an employee handbook, put our rules in place, state the things that we need to be stated. Yeah. And, uh, we sent them over asking to put our new logo on our employee handbook. And I get an email back saying, hey, we're going to need to uh, get together because your PTO policy is not in compliance anymore. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what do you mean it's not in compliance? Well, in Colorado, you're no longer allowed to have a use it or lose it PTO policy. Which means all your PTO has to carry over the following year. Work enough um, years, you can just take the next year off, I guess. Uh, you're allowed to cap it. So we can put a 80-hour cap on our PTO, and it won't go up, but you have to keep it. Um, that's the smallest little thing. The bigger you get and the more people you add, the greater the risk. Sure. And all it takes is one person to go to the Department of Labor for things to go sideways. It doesn't take much. It takes one physical altercation at a client's house between two painters for you to be upside down. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we dotted our T's, crossed our I's, and we were in compliance and we were following the rules and we were staying safe so that we could continue to grow and invest back into our employees. It's yeah. um, the peace of mind that I've had by knowing that uh, – I had smarter people checking our boxes was uh, worth a million. Like everything that could go wrong, it was worth preventing them. And uh, that goes back to the board and having risk management people sitting at your table who say, hey, I know something that could uh, hurt a fast growing company. Go talk to these people. Uh, it's very reasonable for your protections and, and to put the right stuff in place. So. Yeah, I love it, man. And I know some people who are listening are, are going to think, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not that big or, yeah, I know my team really well. We're, we're a small team. Remember this, well, number one, the risk is everywhere. So I, I never want to be like a, like a chicken little, you know, fear monger, but the risk is real. It's there. Uh, number two, right now, Michael's series is the tools to 10 million. So when he's putting this stuff in place pretty early on, He's also focusing on ramping. He's talking about doing 14 million this year. So when you're listening to this series and you think some of this stuff's maybe maybe not what you want to do, well, keep in mind what we're focused on. We're focused on getting you to north of 10 million. So lean into this stuff because a lot of the way that you succeed with with growing to that level is really putting in infrastructure. And this is all infrastructure. Absolutely. And it was, we joined, I believe we had 12 full-time employees when we joined it. Uh, I believe... They're, you know, the majority of their clients are three to seven employees. Okay. Uh, pretty, it, pretty small. Yeah. Uh, we're it's not, it's not, it's not, it's affordable. It's not unreasonable. Very, very affordable. And for the simplicity, when it comes to filing payroll, submitting all your taxes, doing all of your quarterlies, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I couldn't have imagined doing this with another system. And I worked with a PEO prior and the service was night and day. One was taking me payroll hours a week and it turned to payroll taking 15 minutes a week. They've helped administer our 401k. They now help with our recruiting. Um, oh, wow. They've uh, brought our uh, wellness program to the forefront for our clients. They've given us our employee uh, handbooks, all things that I could not have done on my own nor things that I would ever have known to do. Yeah. So it was, um, feel just from, you know, very blessed to, to have been pointed in that right direction. And not to mention, I haven't, you know, not working with Pinnacle and uh, saving a buttload on our workers' compensation has been very advantageous. <laughs> yeah. The cost saver, actually. 
there's a, a saying not ask not how but who and yeah. that's, that's basically what you did here and yeah it's always it's always uh refreshing slash disconcerting at the same time i find when when i go uh, meet someone like we, we hired um you know we're always hiring different coaches and and stuff to help with payment marketing pros growth and uh went and hired a, a whole operations coach and everything and and you look at it you realize there are things you hadn't even thought about and it's like oh boy thank god but it's also like oh my goodness <laughs> we didn't even think about that you know <laughs> I, so, background checks i work in the painting industry uh yeah. i assume people yeah. people's homes uh yeah. I think it's appropriate to run a background check on an employee I do. Probably a good idea, honestly. Yeah. These are free and it takes 24 hours for the, to run a background check uh, and it happens immediately. Yeah. You know, it's like those little tiny things that you never think that you need until you get the phone call and says, hey, do you know who's at my house right now? Uh, and that's a phone call no one as a business yeah. owner wants to receive. They do not want that. No. Um, all right. So we have the PEO, we have your tab tier group that you joined tab. You joined basically day one, you yeah. hired, you, you did try to hire a coach coach said, Hey, get lost. You don't have a business. You said, all right, no worries. Built the business came back. Coach said, welcome aboard. Uh, and then number three that you sent me over, you, you talked about a men's group. Let's get into that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of the counterpart to what we're doing here as entrepreneurs. It's mm. the, uh, finding something to work on yourself and recognizing that there's more to life than work and money and success. There's a potentially a, a spiritual side to a human being that needs to be nurtured. Um, there's a, a side where you need a moment of silence. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be connected with a men's group that was focused around personal growth and development. Um, about a year ago and I didn't even know how empty that void was until I connected with these men and it was uh, such a powerful thing um, to recognize that there was more to what I was doing and there was a side of myself that needed to be fed that I had forgotten about just focused on building a business focused on the bottom line and profit and growing and hiring um, and today, that men's group has probably brought me more peace over the last year than I could have found uh, in the four years combined. So it was just, uh, you know, that, that concept of connecting with other people who are in a similar place to you, uh, understand life in a similar way, and being vulnerable and honest uh, with men. How'd you find that group? A gentleman on my board. Oh yeah. Okay. Nice man. Is it? Is it? Like how big's the group? How often do you guys meet? Yep. So uh, it's a monthly uh, commitment that we meet together. Uh, there are fourteen men who attend, and they're pretty much all business owners. Uh, it's not a national organization, but there are all sorts of peer groups that are focused on personal wellness of trying to shed kind of the shell that we live in the, the masculine wall of I've got my shit together. I don't know about you. Yeah. People can say, man, I'm struggling today. I'm struggling yeah. this. Month. And uh, you get that honest, real vulnerability, which has been uh, powerful and very healthy for my relationship, my wife and myself and uh, for my friends and family. It's um, refreshing to find some peace. Uh, I remember the first meeting that I went to and uh, it started with a meditation. We're gonna take about 10 minutes here and sit in silence and meditate. And uh, it was emotional to try to sit in silence for 10 minutes. We got, we got so much going on as entrepreneurs. The brain is always racing. When's the last time you took 10 minutes without thinking? It's hard, man. I do I do meditate. I try to meditate. It is very, very hard. 
because the mind just will just have a hard time shutting off. You do it individually? On your- I, I do it individually, yep. Daily? Not daily, no. Working um, on it. When, so in our, our third year, I joined a kind of a weird organization. Uh, I didn't work with them for long, but it was a coaching organization. I thought you were going to say it was a call. Okay, coaching organization. <laughs> Kind of I, like, I don't know, Mike, we're getting weird. I was with you and then you, you went uh, too far. Um, it was an organization uh, out of Canada and it was for coaching contractors. Uh, and at the time, it was something like a $40,000 commitment a year. And I just thought it was the biggest number I'd ever heard that a coach wanted $40,000 a year. Is this, is this Breakthrough Academy or are you talking about something else right now? No, it was not uh, Breakthrough Academy. Not, okay. I was like, uh, it sounds kind of similar to some people that I know. All right. No, 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 not Breakthrough Academy. Um, I won't share who it was, but you were working with a lot of coaches and we had eight coaches that were immediately put in and you're meeting with all these people on 30 minute intervals. And one of them was a wellness coach and it was our third year of business. And I just remember him saying, okay, we're going to start this with a meditation. And I couldn't do it. I said, look, man, I don't have five minutes to sit here and not talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. It was like this highly emotional moment of trying to turn off, trying to accept where I was at. And that was when I kind of recognized that something wasn't being fulfilled with what I was doing. Mm. Um, finding that, that wasn't the answer. And we didn't end up working with that organization. Um, that has been, that need, that cup has been filled at this point through that. And I would encourage anyone to find a group of peers that they can connect with on a personal level, not just about business, but that genuine love and investment in each other. Yeah. And I want to, I want to point out something important here too, is that you, you tried this other contracting coaching group and it didn't work out. And, and I think it's, I just want to highlight that because I think it's so easy to listen to these podcasts and think, oh, well, he did this and this and this, and it worked and it worked and it worked. And now it, now Michael's here, but I, I he's not in my situation. I already tried that. I already went to a group like he's talking about. I hated it. Or like, no, it didn't work. I, I'm not going to do that ever again. You, It's not like you bat 100%, right? It's, the, what's important to you is that you keep going, you keep stepping up the bat, right? And, and you're yeah. going to, I'm sure you have a whole lot of other things you've tried and things you've done that didn't work out. So when we're on these podcast episodes, again, the whole idea of the Pain Market Mastermind podcast is to is to get this stuff, rubber meets the road, help you guys actually move your business forward. And I don't want you to ever be under the impression that everything's just all perfect and easy. That's the stuff we cover usually because that's what worked. So you want to learn about what works. But there's usually a whole lot of other stuff and most of the stuff that didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I've had plenty of things that did not work and we did it again. Uh, yeah. Let's rerun it. Run it back. Try again. Uh, I've gone through five Facebook marketing companies. Five. None of them. Why haven't you quit on marketing? Marketing just doesn't work, man. Facebook, they just don't work where you're at, man. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to try one or so and be like, no, it didn't work. Never, never, never again. You know, and and I'll tell you about this big failure. Uh, And for all the people who might talk to you or some other the painting marketing people uh, in this industry, um, I had a close friend of mine who was working with a company that was a national Facebook marketing company. They worked for people like the St. Louis Blues, Orange Theory Fitness. Um, They worked with big brands. And they had the most sophisticated Facebook platform that you could imagine. And uh, one of my good friends had been working with them for about three years in a home food delivery business. He said, these guys have been great for me. I go, well, I can't find somebody who can do this. I want to talk to them. The commitment was close to $100,000 a year. I took it to my board, said, I'm thinking about paying an absurd amount for a Facebook marketing company that Facebook hasn't ever worked for us in the past. Mm. What do you guys think? They go, no, I don't think I would do it. I go, I'm going to do it. And I did. <laughs> Noted. Moving forward. <laughs> uh, and out of $80,000 that we spent on the Facebook marketing over the course of that year, we got something like $47,000 of work off it. 
the the 50% ROI, man, that that's what you always want. You want to get back less than you put in. Then you know the marketing is really working for you. That's um yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not our first failure that you have along that. Uh it's happened. We've gone through five different bookkeepers. We've gone through multiple insurance companies. We've gone through multiple PEOs. And it's not every decision works the first time, but it doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. And we do use Facebook ads and we are seeing success with them. Love it. Yeah. So it's just to speak to what you said, not all things hit. And sometimes you hit wrong uh, and you can either quit or you can try again. And I guess I'm dumb enough to keep trying again. Yeah. Well, you're learning. Right, you're learning every every time, and that's a big a big issue with really the painting industry specifically is is not leaning into the marketing, not leaning into the growth, just just being a little bit um, more antiquated and and a little bit more cautious or defensive kind of in their approach of of business ownership and growth. Um, but as you grow, you'll make mistakes. You'll you'll work with companies that didn't work out. You're going to work with maybe subcontractors, and and it's not it's just part of business. It's kind of the the price that you pay to run your own company and grow it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had somebody who, uh, ran a much, much larger painting company than myself told me years ago that you don't learn anything in the painting industry that doesn't cost money. And uh, you pay for that education. (laughs) Uh, there's some truth in that, uh, sincerely that you make mistakes. They're expensive at times and all you can do is learn and take the lessons write them down, read them again. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, right now I'm doing weekly logs for myself to kind of track what I've been working on, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing. And I have my managers doing the same thing. Um, looking back two years, you want to have some record of those failures and if you don't write them down, you're going to forget them. If they're not somewhere, those ex- experience and those lessons, you run the risk of them evaporating. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to keep really good records of what I've experienced emotionally, what I've experienced financially along the way, so that um, hopefully I don't make the same mistakes too many times. You don't, you don't want to keep paying for the same lessons. You already bought it. You bought the course already. Yeah, we do a, uh, uh, this is an operational thing, but as a company, we do these things called OMG reports. An OMG report is anytime that a client escalates to a manager, I ask for a written report about what happened, why did it go wrong, and how did we resolve it, and what are we going to do to prevent it happening again? And I ask for every one of those clients who uh, experience something that they shouldn't have experienced i need an omg report on it uh and then we have a lessons learned binder that they all go in man that's great so um they all cost money though yeah it's a very expensive binder it is it's very expensive (laughs) yeah potentially uh have some some refunds potentially some negative google reviews got a lot of stuff in that binder that you paid for yeah you know, that's something we've, we've, we've talked about a lot is customer service and how do you put that customer service uh, first? Um, and as a company, it has been our priority from day one. I don't care about the money. I care about raving fans. Sure, I want to run a profitable business. I want to be able to grow. But ultimately, it doesn't mean anything if we're not making a positive impact within the community. And a positive impact is a happy client. Yep. A negative impact on the community is a client who regrets hiring you, is frustrated, is resentful. And uh, we do have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. We've had it from day one. If you're not happy, I'm not going to take a penny. Yeah, I love that. And uh, we had one last year. One executed satisfaction guarantee off of 1300 projects to bad. (laughs) That's Uh, pretty good. A couple more the year before. 
Um, your process improved. Lessons learned. Uh, And so many of those come down to communication. Um, Telling them when you're going to be back. Telling them why you're not back yet. Telling them why that touch-up's still hanging. Being clear about why we haven't been able to get back there, but they're still on my list. The no update update. Man, that's a powerful update. Just to tell you, hey, I don't have a resolution yet, but uh, I want you to know I'm thinking about you and uh, I'm still working on it. And we do require uh, a daily no update update on loose ends for our clients on the back end. Yeah, I like that. No update update. Uh, (laughs) Haven't forgotten about you. I just still don't know when I can have them back out. Yeah, people need to need to know that they haven't fallen through the cracks. Yeah. That they don't have to go find someone else to, to fix this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been hired on those situations. And, you know, in candidness, I believe a client has hired somebody to wrap my project up. So it happens within the industry. And those are some of the worst phone calls. Uh, when you reach out and you say, okay, we're ready to have somebody back to get that done. It's a, nah, I hired somebody. I've already got all this touch-ups done and I'm not paying you. It's a painful call. Yeah. Well, um, man, we should have been two weeks faster, huh? Yeah. Like, whoop, we feel stupid, right? (laughs) Yeah. And and the particular one I'm talking about, there was rain and then there was July 4th and then there was a busy week. And, you know, three weeks go by before you wrap something up. And some people don't want to wait. And I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're having to look at it every day. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked about, about tab, finding a peer group of other professionals, how the benefit that you've experienced, especially them being in other industries, uh, yeah. really opening your mind at PEO and how that's probably saved your butt, uh, yeah. as in addition to made your life way easier, uh, men's group, spiritual health, figuring out, you know, Hey, there's more to this than just money. And, 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 you know, there's some personal fulfillment stuff that maybe got forgotten about. And then uh, mistakes that you've made, made a ton of them. So I'm glad that we touched on that so that people know that, that you're winning because you keep showing up and because you're willing to, to push yourself to be the smallest at the table uh, and you're, you're building infrastructure really from day one. And then finally, I want to touch on this uh, leadership and management training program that you mentioned. What, what is that? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, End of last year. Um, you could feel stress within the organization. And I have a lot of, uh, so over the last two years, we've been elevating uh, people within the team into management positions, taking salespeople and turning them into sales managers, taking uh, appointment setters, our account managers and turning them into managers. And there's something that happens uh, in a career when you go from doing a job to managing a job. And oftentimes, people like you and I or or business owners, they might feel that it's the same. And what I found, it's not. And this isn't a natural skill that comes to everyone. And uh, I recognized that the leaders, the, the leadership within my organization, they needed refinement. They needed juice and they needed love and they needed support and they needed full-on training on how to be a good manager. Not everyone has read a couple hundred business books about management. And you realize, wow, you're 27 years old and you just got elevated above your peers and you never thought about being a manager. How do you help them? So uh, we've committed uh, this year, we're several months into uh, management and leadership training program for our uh, each of our managers. It's a two-year program. And, uh, you know, this is a local organization, but there are countless management training organizations. Um, I'm participating in it with my managers. And I can tell you, uh, have you ever recommended somebody to read a book and they go, oh, no, I already know what's in that book? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It happens with my salespeople. I give them a book and they're like, yeah, I started to read it. I already knew it. Knew all that, yeah. Yeah, you, you knew about isolating an objection and asking for the business. Good job. Um, you don't read it to necessarily learn. 
You read it to bring it front of mind. You read it to put it in a specific place where you can recall it quicker the next time that it comes up. And uh, investing in our team to make sure that they have that recall and the skills they need to be genuinely good managers. Um, if you're in an organization and you want to scale, it comes down to leadership and it comes down to management and having people that are phenomenal that do it. You ever heard the saying, uh, people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad managers? I've heard something similar to that. Similar. Uh, and I had a couple people quit uh, last year and it rocked my world. They were people who I never expected were going to quit. I thought they were going to be here forever. Um, you know, we're offering 401ks and a match. I'm giving them, you know, 30 days time off every year. And it's like trying to create this great experience for the employee. And then they quit. And I recognize that they may have not been quitting the role, but the manager. So what do you do? Got it. Make that manager better. So that's our current journey of what we're on right now is really trying to define that leadership and build it up from the ground up. Comes down to a crew foreman. Um, have you read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick? I, I have, yep. Uh, you were in the service, right? Still am. Yeah, I'm in the uh, National Guard. Yep. Okay. Uh, did you read it before you went? I read it before. That? I read it before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the extreme ownership. Um, my favorite story from that book, absolutely hands down, is about the two people who rode the boat. Yeah. Do you know the story? I do. Uh, I share that with every person in my team uh, and it's one of the books half a dozen books that I, I encourage everyone on our team to read um, especially our managers because that story where you take an underperforming team that has never hit it and you take the leader from the best team that's ever been you put them on the underperforming team that's never hit their marks and suddenly they're the best it wasn't that the team was bad it was that the leadership was bad yeah. And I think it it's so interesting too, because it the refrain is so common with painting companies like, oh, you can't find good people. You know, our our, our people aren't good. Well, there maybe there's a, a reason and maybe it's not the people. Maybe, you know, we're we're all operating in the same world. We're all on on planet Earth, right? And some areas might be harder than others, but yeah. generally we, you know, we all have access to some level of talent. So if you if you're truly investing into yourself as a leader. Right. And we've talked a lot with Jason Phillips. It's all about leadership. Um, that's obviously a recurring theme here. If you're on a really successful business, you realize business is about people and being a good leader. If you're investing in your, into yourself, uh, odds are pretty good. You're going to be able to create a situation where you have good, quote unquote, good people at your company. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to be little painting. Uh, it's not easy to be a great painter. Yeah. But painting can be taught. And systems can be taught and leadership will fix that. Um, when a person on our team doesn't work out, a salesperson or a project manager or someone on the phones or, or anyone, I look at it as a personal failure on my end that I didn't invest in them enough. I failed that person. Um, not once have I thought it was an employee's fault when I let someone go or they quit. It falls squarely on me. Even if I wasn't the direct manager, um, I should have helped the manager love them more. It's one of the uh, one of the perks of business ownership is that everything is your fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's good to have that accountability, though, because the reality, I really believe it is, you know, because you you. It, OK, if it's the manager's fault, who hired the manager, who 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 let the you know, who. Who created the organization in which the manager operates? Who gave the manager access to their resources? Who was actually making sure that the process was in place for the manager to succeed and that it was being tracked whether or not he or she she was? Ultimately, it's you. It's And it's a tough thing, but yeah, that extreme ownership, uh, for better or for worse, if, if you want to really grow a phenomenal company and you want people within your company to have ownership, you need to start with yourself and owning everything. Yep. 100%. And that'll play nicely into episode five for us. You know, we get into all the fun, all the funness involved in growing a business. You know, um, 
being an entrepreneur is exciting. Uh, yes. And it, it's, uh, the fun doesn't stop. It you just know? gets different. It does gets different. And, uh, you know, it's, I couldn't imagine doing anything other than what I'm doing. And uh, our path, you know, we see it. We, uh, one of the things that we do with TAB and the board is always setting that personal vision and the professional vision. And it's looking 10 years in the future. What is your life going to look like? And how is this business that you're building going to facilitate what your life looks like? Mm. Uh, one thing that you have to report on every month at our board meeting is what'd you do to enjoy life? What were you doing to enjoy yourself over the last month? And, um, and it's a bummer to walk in there and say, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I did not think it was awful. <laughs> you know, and, and you start to recognize, I don't want to say that. So yeah, I better find something like meaningful or fun to do. We're going to go golfing. We're going to go <laughs> for a hike this week. Got my that meeting way. tomorrow. Family activity, circle up. Got something to do. <laughs> you know, and but there's that accountability around enjoying what you're doing and, and realizing that you're doing this for a reason. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think that that's uh, what has helped our management team the most. And that's what we're investing in now is making sure that they know how to do this and they can serve their, their employees as well as I hope they can. So, uh, and I recognized I wasn't qualified to train them. Uh, I might know a lot, but I certainly don't know enough to make them freaking badass managers. Yeah. Uh, I, I needed help and I acknowledged it and sought after it. And, uh, sometimes you make sacrifices for that financially, but I think it's in the greater cause. For sure. And it'll, it'll come back. It'll pay off in the long run. You have, you're investing into your team Yeah, and you have a happier team. You have more fulfilled team. You're going to have happier customers. The whole thing's just going to go a lot better. Mm -hmm. Everybody's. Well, Michael, man, this is awesome. So we we have talked about uh, essentially the professionals who supported your growth as you got started. You've you've obviously had very impressive growth uh, in the five years that you've been operating. Talked about how how people who are listening can can go kind of carve their network out, and uh, you know they can ask you questions if if you have follow up questions in the in the Facebook group, Painter Market Mastermind Podcast Forum. You're in there, tagged as a group expert. Um, next up, episode two, we're going to cover books which I am very happy, but I will tell you that's one of the most common questions that I get is, is people just messaging, hey, Brandon, what, what books do you have on marketing? Or hey, do you have leadership books? I listen to this different podcast. Books are something that people who want to grow, I know you're really passionate about reading. People want to grow, they, they tend to like books. So we're going to be taking a very deep dive into books, which is great because then from now on, I'm just going to, now I have a little link. You know, I'll just be like, hey, I talked about it for an hour with, with Michael Sutton. Here you go. Yeah. Thank you for that uh, in advance. And uh, there's, I've got four books that are front of mind and uh, we have, we have used them like a business Bible uh, yeah. and they have been read cover to cover again and again and again and again. So um, very excited to talk about them and uh, share the impact that they've made on our organization. Heck yeah, man. Is there anything else you want to add as we, as we conclude this episode, one of your series? Um, all I would say is it's okay to not be the smartest person there and uh, find the counsel, surround yourself by somebody smarter than you. Um, for me, it's pretty easy to do. So. You really well, Mike, thank you, brother. I'm super excited for this series, man. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. Brandon, thank you. Such a pleasure. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. 
Until next time, keep growing. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org. 